Hey, cool, y'all. My main man, Drew Brees, decides that he's going to officially retire from the New Orleans Saints. Kind of a bittersweet time for a lot of us, but I'm happy for the man. What a legend. What a great story. And today, me and Hey Corey, we decide to hang out a little bit and talk about those years in the past and what he's done for us and what he's done for the city. Thanks for everything you did, Drew. And we'll see you on the next go around. Kuyong Classroom's in session, and I'm about to learn you a thing of three. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Well, last couple of days has been an interesting one from the New Orleans Saints standpoint. Yeah, I've been watching everything or reading everything that comes out about it. Yep. DB9, my man, Drew Brees, officially retires as the New Orleans Saints quarterback. Yep. But what was your initial thoughts whenever he finally got announced? I mean, I had pretty much relegated my thoughts to this point that he was retiring. And it was just a matter of time when yeah. that announcement was going to come out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know what, what took so long after the season. I'm sure he had his reasons. But uh, I, I had pretty much felt like it was over after this season. Just too many rumors about it going around and, and possibly, um, you know, deals with being a commentator and, and stuff like that coming on. I knew it was coming. I felt like it was coming. And I felt like it was time. And uh, and and it happened. So wasn't a big surprise to me. Of course, sad to see him go. Like any Saints fan would be. Right. Yeah. I mean, just for everything that he's done for the city, he's such a likable guy. But I agree. I was kind of like, you know, it was about time. I was ready for him to go. But I was also ready for him to stay if he wanted to to go another year. Not support him that way. Just just because you know, Saints fan and what he's done uh, is just unprecedented for for our our team so yeah. it was kind of bittersweet you know I was happy he made a decision especially I don't know if you had saw it but when yeah. he announced it he had his kids do yeah. it and to me I was just like bam that's, like that's what he's all about that's all as we all about and that was just the perfect way to say you know what guys this is my time and it's because of those kids and his beautiful yeah. wife and I mean if you think about it you remember the the Super Bowl he had his I believe that was bailing his first born uh at yeah. the super bowl holding him up with the trophy yep. and everything and and here we are um yeah, yeah so that was back in 2009 so yep. 11 years ago yeah 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 so he is 42 so he's a little bit younger than us but dude that's like ancient in the nfl i mean a lot of these guys they don't make but a couple of years you know maybe five six seven years but to be a quarterback and to last that long and still be like you know you're still the man you know, still yeah. breaking records. That's pretty impressive. 20 years he was in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last 15 with the Saints. So, I mean, that's the the big bulk of his journey is, yep. has been with us. Yeah, you know, and I, I'm glad that he decided to do this, do it this way and retire as a Saint. Um, I wouldn't have wanted to see him pull a Brett Favre and announce no. retirement three times, go to all these different teams. And it just – it kind of loses – the 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 story the legacy just kind of loses it tarnishes it a little yeah. bit I think when you do that so I'm glad he didn't do that yeah I totally agree I'm, I'm glad there was no uh, going to another team or you know hope I was glad he didn't go, want to go back to San Diego to retire because I think the Saints is really where he wanted to be anyway so you know good on him but you know he in his career so he was drafted in 2001 by the the Chargers he was a Purdue Boilermaker mm-hmm. um, and. You know, he had a actually pretty good career there, but 
the Chargers kind of had, they drafted Phillip Rivers and, you know, it was kind of the writing was on the wall. And the, the best thing that could have happened to us, not him, was he actually tore his labrum in 2005. It was like his last season with the Chargers. Yep. Actually, it was like the last game of, the, of that season. And, um, yeah, and that's when, you know, the Saints picked him up. He was coming off of an injury um, and uh, knew yeah. he had potential to be a good quarterback, but you always worried about any player coming off of an injury. How are they going to be able to perform? And right, well, especially Torn Labrum on his throwing shoulder. I mean, that's pretty scary from a, from a business perspective because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, the dude's talented, but is he really going to be – is he going to last or are we wasting our money? Well, I mean, we wasted plenty of money on quarterbacks before him. So well, Truth. Well, if you, I don't know if you remember, but he actually said it was two teams. It was us and the Dolphins that were yeah. looking at him. And uh, we had offered him some money, and the Dolphins actually said, no, we're not willing to risk it. The doctors actually told him, well, no, that, that shoulder's going to be bad. We can't do it. So they actually dra- they took Dante Culpooper. Remember yeah. him? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a big monstrosity of a That's human. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so y'all bad. Thank y'all. Appreciate that. Yep. But the, the Saints actually offered him like $10 million or something like that. So it's kind of an easy, easy mix. Yeah. But uh, after that, I think they, they offered him $10 million, signed him to a six-year, $60 million deal uh, back in 2006, which, which – Boy, to today's standards, that's cheap. Oh, yeah. For no, Drew right. Brees. Yeah. But the interesting thing about that year, though, was 2006. If you remember, Katrina was 2005, and That's everybody right. knows all about Katrina. We were displaced. You know, we weren't. We couldn't even play in the city. We were playing like in San Antonio, um, you know, all over the creation, but never in New Orleans because the city was just in shambles. Well, and it, not only the city in shambles, but the Superdome, the roof, you know, part of the roof had had come in you had you could see daylight you had holes you had water leaking through it was used as a um evacuation shelter at some point so it was pretty much in shambles too so even if you could support it with the city the superdome wasn't in any condition to be right. played in either yeah i think we had played in san antonio we played a game at lsu mm-hmm. uh, we actually had a home game in giant stadium which is kind of weird but yep. you know it, it worked out and if you remember also uh you remember who the quarterback was before them Good old Aaron Brooks, yeah, remember yeah. him, uh, and Jim Hazlitt. They, they had a real bad year that year. They went, they wound up being three and thirteen. You know, Katrina came. It was just a, a just a terrible year. Not not really much place to go, but up. <laughs> exactly, it kind of set them up for success. So you know that two thousand six. Well, that was a big year. New coach Sean Payton's in. They picked Drew Brees, and you know that the sky was the limit at that point. But they. The, the one thing that I remember the most about that was that home game, that very first home game, Monday night against Atlanta. Yeah, after – so this, this was a year post-Katrina. Yep. Brand-new season. Um, was, what, 2006. 2006. Should have been September 2006. And, yeah, we played Atlanta. Yeah. Everybody in New Orleans, everybody who was a Saints fan, everybody affected by Katrina was waiting for this game. Yep. And against the perfect opponent, yeah, the Dirty Birds, a division rival. That's right, and it's which is always a great game, uh, or depending on how you look at it. But we all, no matter who, if we could be the best team in the world, Atlanta can be the worst, and we're always going to play each other tough, even if it's vice versa. But so it's always going to be a good game. But it's prime time Monday night; the entire world is watching, and you know we had a lot of 
um, we had a lot of mixed feelings, mixed emotions because, you know, we, that whole last year with Katrina, we're back in the Superdome and we just, we just ready to rock. So they, they tore the roof off of that place. Yep. And of course the biggest thing that night was when Gleason blocked that punt. Right. Uh, that was just the turning point of, Hey, this is it. Like it's time to go. And that was like a whole rebirth of new Orleans, man. You, I mean, they, so they pay, pay tribute to that for a reason. You know, you got that bronze statue of Gleason blocking, yep. blocking that punt because that symbolized, you, you know, the rebirth of New Orleans after Katrina. We're back. Saints are back. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, and uh, you know that that kind of set the the course for the next ten years with yeah. the Saints. I know. It's like I think about that, and it just gives me the free songs just because of how special it was and how much it meant to this city, uh, not even just beating the Falcons, not just winning the first home game, but just after all of that, mm-hmm. just to go in there and do it like we did because we kicked their behinds. It was 23-3. to three. Yep. The, only, the only score that the Falcons had was Morton Anderson, of all people, <laughs> who used to be our, yeah. uh, our kicker, uh, interestingly enough. But, but then the other thing that I think back in that career was 2009, of course. That's the year, you know, we – we had never won a Super Bowl. No. Matter of fact, we only made it to the playoffs and won oh. our first playoff game one time right. against the Rams way back in the day, which I was at that game. It was awesome. But anyway, 2009, a Super Bowl year. Uh, so it kind of all started off in the NFC Championship. We playing against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wound up going into overtime. Brett Favre was their quarterback. Yeah, Brett Favre was Another their quarterback. Great. Yeah. Um, and then we wound up getting that field goal. And Superfoot went out there and just knocked one in between the uprights, and we win by three points in overtime. Matter of fact, didn't they have and like the rules? Yeah, because sorry, of okay, that. that's what I was gonna ask. I'm pretty sure they changed the rules of that overtime. Yes. because of that that game. Yeah, which I'll be honest with you, I think it's fair. You know, it's. It, it, I, I think the rules are fair now, but those were the rules at the time. Oh yeah, you, well, definitely. If you didn't like it? Oh well. That's well, yeah, you can't was, retroactively right? go take right. it away. But I'm right. just saying for future. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm, I'm, you know, not a big deal. But I mean, they were playing their hearts out that game. Brett Favre was just a beast. He was getting smashed left and right by by our defense, and just getting clobbered, and just like he had always done in his career, dude, just throwing up prayers. <laughs> yeah. And his receivers coming down with him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a legend for sure. Uh, but we make it to the Super Bowl 2009 uh, after that big win in um in the NFC Championship. So we play in the Colts. Now, I mean, that's Peyton Manning, the Colts. They were they were fire. Like, I was nervous. I mean, because that's just such a high profile. It's like the at that era, the Colts were always the jam. Yeah, Patriots. You know, and then all then the, the Saints. Of course, we're in there now, but we just weren't that big powerhouse. No, and you um, got Manning, who is who's already a proven passer, right? Champion, and and we're playing against him in the. Super Bowl, but uh, that was an epic game in itself yeah. for us. Yeah, definitely. We went crazy after that game. I know. And then the 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 one crazy part is I think it was like opening up halftime. We go with an onside, onside kick, kick and actually get the onside kick. Dude, when we got that, I'm like, it, everything is in our favor. Nothing's going to stop us from winning this championship. No way. So that that was that took a whole lot of balls to do that, but boy, am I glad he did. Well, and you know, I'm I'm watching that second half of the game, and we were we were at my house. It was a bunch of us, and and we're watching that game, and uh, just like looking and and Peyton and Reggie Wayne eating us up the whole game. And I'm like, man, somebody has got to 
that he's throwing a Reggie Wayne at will whenever he wants somebody to kind of step in there, anticipate that throw, and and that's exactly what happened, man. Uh, that that pass was anticipated and pick six, baby. Yeah, was that Tracy Porter? Who was it? That's that yeah. had that. It was, it Tracy, was Tracy Porter. Porter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when that happened, dude, we were going bananas, uh, just absolutely insane. But because it was tight, it was yeah. tight up until that point. Yeah, but uh, we wound up winning thirty-one seventeen, so we kind of got a little separation there. Uh, so you know, boy, I just a, a day that we'll never forget. You know. Yeah, because it, at that point it was twenty-four seventeen, and the Colts were on our side of the field. Yep. And you just knew that had things kept going the way they were going, they were going to score. It was going to be tied 24-24. But, uh, yeah, Porter stepped in front of that ball and just all took it to the house. Yep. And Breeze had actually, in that game, he tied the record for 32 completions and, and wound up securing the MVP of that game, which was very well deserved. Um, but some other accomplishments he had that year, which was crazy, Named the 2010 Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year, which is pretty impressive because that's just across all sports. Right. Um, so he had that. You know, he won the – actually, part of that recognition was from winning the Super Bowl, his charitable work towards, uh, like, the reconstruction in New Orleans. Like, all that went into play. So it wasn't just, like, his accomplishments. Like, oh, you know, you win the Super Bowl and you get this. But the fact that he was just a stand-up dude and, you know, did more for the city than just – playing football. So. Yeah, he wasn't just a football player in the city of New Orleans. He was he was a lot more. You know, I mean, look, he opened up a lot of businesses. He had a lot of charitable yep. efforts. I mean, he he in a, integrated himself into the community and didn't put himself in a silo as, you know, this great quarterback who's can't be accessed by by people. He was he was really a part of the city and I don't know anybody who didn't love him. Yeah, and I remember reading something a long time ago about when when he came to the city for the first time and he was meeting with Sean Payton, remember it was Sean Payton's first year too. So yep. he didn't really know the city that well either, but he was, he, they took Drew and his wife on a tour of the city, uh, but it was after Katrina. So there was a lot of just, I mean, everything was in shambles. If you remember driving around how horrible it looked and how upsetting all that stuff was, they purposely kept them away from all that. They went through some of the better neighborhoods to show them like, these are some of the nice neighborhoods in case you want to, you know, buy a house or build or whatever. But when they were done, I think he like took a wrong turn or something and ended up uh, over by the lakefront in Lakeview. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, that was pretty bad. So yeah. the 17th Street Canal where all that kind of started, you know, all that, that he's seeing all that destruction and just, you know, he, he wound up telling his wife, you know what, this is a calling for us. This is more than just football. And we have a chance to make a difference in this city. And they, they were like, we are 100% in because he knew what he could do for this city. And, you know, the, the rest is history because he yep. came through with a lot of those promises and taking care of everything. But he was also named AP Male Athlete of the Year that year, too, which was a pretty big accomplishment. And dudes just got, like, tons of stats, like, record stuff. But one stupid record stat eluded him his entire career. Dumbest thing ever. MVP of the league, oh, league MVP, yeah. league MVP. You know, look, man, as come on, as many records as this guy's got, as much as he's done for the game of football, um, to not be MVP, that's just that that's ridiculous. Yeah, well, I've got some of his stats right here pulled up, and some of these just are craziness. All-time leader in completions with seven thousand one hundred and forty-two. All right, yeah, but you got to put it into perspective, so. 
If you think about the greatest quarterbacks ever, think about who, who you got. Of course, TB12, Tom Brady. Yep. I used to hate him, but yeah, you got to you got to I mean, acknowledge just, him. He's awesome. So you got Drew Brees, Tom Brady. We talked about Brett Favre already. Yep. Dan Marino and Peyton Manning. Peyton uh-huh. Manning. Top five in almost every category. Yep. So, yes, Drew Brees has the lead today. Yep. Tom Brady, number two, but go catch him next year if he yeah. plays. Yeah, I mean, because it's been pretty tight. There's actually some of these that they they were they would kind of go back and forth on. Yeah. And touchdown passes yeah. and completions and all that stuff. They, they're really tight in just about everything. If Drew Brees is at number one, he's number two. And if Tom Brady is at number one in that category, he's number two. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Brady's coming back next year. Yeah, so you got passing yards, Brees with uh, 80,358. 80, Tom yep. Brady right behind him. He needs 1,100 yards, just over 1,100 to catch him. He'll get that. Unless oh, yeah. his they, well, I mean, they throw falls in, off yeah. next year. Right. They throw in 4,000, 5,000 yeah. a season. And his arm could fall off in game one or preseason. Who knows? Yeah. And then Drew's legacy will be cemented as number one forever. Uh-huh. Well, until Mahomes finishes his oh, career. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, so like you, you just said, uh, completions, 7,142 completions. Yeah. Tom Brady is um, just under 400 behind him. But the next three in line right now, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, and Dan Marino, in all of these categories, they're done. So I don't know. I heard Dan Marino might be coming back. Is that, that's not true? Uh, <laughs> no, just maybe kidding. in a movie. Yeah, maybe in a movie. Ace, ben, Ace Ventura. Or something. Oh, yeah. Laces out, Dan. <laughs> but, yeah, also uh, passing touchdowns. So he, he had the lead coming into this season. Well, that's the one that him and Brady were going back going and back forth and on. Forth, yep. yep. They were always a couple apart, and and they one would jump ahead, have a great game, you know, four touchdowns or something like that, and the other would come back. So, but uh, by the end of this season, well, Brady had a few more games, yep. than than Breeze did, so he passed him up by ten, and uh, that was in the playoffs basically. Yeah. So they were they were pretty dead even till the playoffs. Yep. And again, that's gonna keep on going up next year unless his arm falls off as long you know with his legs. <laughs> that's right. Right. But uh. How many yards? Passing eighty thousand, eighty thousand three hundred and fifty-eight yards. Yeah, that's a long ways. Yeah, um, it, most seasons with five thousand or more passing yards, Breeze has five, and no other players have more than one. That's craziness. Yeah, most games in NFL history with three hundred or more passing yards, he has a hundred and twenty-three, which is crazy. Most consecutive seasons with 4,000 or more passing yards. He got 12, and that's consecutive. Wow. So he's at least 4,000. Like there 4, was some 5,000s in there. That's just a normal season for him. Yep. Five-time All-Pro honors, two Offensive Player of the Year awards, and, of course, Super Bowl MVP. 13 Pro Bowls and the 2006 Co-Walter Payton Man of the Year award. So, I mean, he's just – the dude is just a stud. You know, accomplishments all around human being – great husband and a great father so you know kudos to him for for finally retiring and yep. even though it wasn't the season that he wanted to how he wanted it to finish his career has been you know the best of the best so yeah. dude walks on water over here he'll never have to pay for a meal yeah no kidding right so what's next now he had, he announces that he's going to be a football commentator on nbc which I'm super stoked about. There was a lot of rumors of that going around that, oh, if he does retire, he's probably going to go into commentating. And I'm going to tell you, 
My favorite commentator right now is Tony Romo. No doubt. Just because of the way Hated he... Hated him when he played for Dallas. Well, yeah. He sucked yeah. bad. Yeah, but if he's commentating for like a game, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a like good one. He can tell the future. I know. He, he tells you exactly what play they're going to yeah, call. Keep, keep an eye on the mic right now. He's going to break left, and he's going to go in between <laughs> yeah, the tackle. It's 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 amazing. He's he's much better. I like him much better as a commentator yeah. than I did as a quarterback. Yeah, so all that being said, I know Drew's going to be the same way just because he's a great speaker, you know, obviously knows the game. Knows the game. And he's yep. probably going to be doing the same stuff. So, man, uh, having him on, on some of those games with Tony Romo. Well, can you imagine if him and Tony Romo did it? Which yeah. I don't think they're going to do. Is Tony on NBC? I don't know. I'm not sure either. But, yeah, but both of those, they're very entertaining. But I also saw that, you know, well, he's going to be on Football Night in America, so that's that's the Sunday night game, isn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah Sunday night. Um, and then he's also going to be a college game analyst for Notre Dame, which I thought was interesting. I don't know Dame if it was just like a deal that he made yeah. because he's a he's from Purdue. but They might have gave him more money than he could yeah, say probably, no to. Yeah, I know, probably so. Really? Um, I'm going to go commentate that game for this? Yeah. Okay. And then he's also supposedly going to be covering a lot of other sports, including the Olympics. So you know, that dude can probably commentate a, a popsicle eating contest and, and make it interesting, I'm sure. <laughs> right, right. So let's talk about what's next for the Saints as far as quarterbacks concerned. Uh, what are your thoughts on – so, I mean, obviously we just signed a, a, an extended contract with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Winston. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I – we got a good glimpse of Taysom Hill last year, and I'm not gonna. He's he, he's not a Drew Brees. He's a completely different type of quarterback, um, different skill set, and I think he can be really good. Um, the only one downfall I see to him was the fumbles that yep. he had last year. If he can get that under control, then I think he can he can be a really good quarterback. You know, he can pull you out of some tight situations. Yep. You know. Fourth and short, third and long, just because he can scramble with his feet. Winston, um, we didn't see that much of him last year. What we have seen of him at Tampa, yeah, Tampa wasn't great. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to talk about too. Was you know, my initially from fantasy football perspective, when I think of Jameis Winston, I think he's a gunslinger because he'll throw the ball, but I also think interceptions. And while I don't want to judge him based on all of that. You know, because when, once you get into a new system, especially under the Saints, who have done a phenomenal job with Drew Brees, he would be playing under Drew Brees. I mean, my initial thought is this has to be the best situation for him to be a better uh, person. I've heard that he's a little better leader now that he's there. Uh, you know, kind of ate a little humble pie and said, "Hey, like I'm going from being the 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 star uh, starting quarterback in Tampa." So now I'm going to go sit the bench, be second or third, third string even yeah. behind these guys. And he was like, I'm in, you know, count me in coach. I mean, that right there shows me that he's willing to learn and pay yeah. his dues to try to get back in there. Yeah. I think he has the potential and, you know, he's got a year with the saints already, another year to train, you know, he is going to be battling out with Taysom Hill. They didn't, yep. you know, really come out and say who's going to be their starters. Well, yeah. well Peyton, competition. Peyton made it clear that there will be a quarterback competition. And I think that it has to be, you can't just come out and say Taysom is our guy, because what if he doesn't really pan out the way you want? Mm -hmm. Like you have to have that healthy competition to make Taysom be on his game and Jameis to be on his game. I mean, that's with anything. You can't just have one guy and be set in stone because that's nothing really to drive him. So what? What I didn't. The only thing I don't 
really love about Taysom being starting quarterback is that you lose all those other value positions that he played. Because you, right. if he's your starting quarterback, he's not playing special teams. And, man, he's a special team beast. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets down the field fast and, and can get on some some guys. You're not going to see him at wide receiver or you're not going to see him running the ball as much. You're just not going to see that play from him. And so I think you're going to lose a little bit of what you liked so much in him. If you have Winston as your starter and him as backup, you'll have a little bit more of that. Um, but still – Saints had luxury this past year having Hill and Winston as backup quarterbacks because you could use either one of them, preferably Hill, because he had that skill set. And if he got hurt, well, you know, we don't want him to get hurt, but you still had Winston. Right. If one of them's backup for each other, then you don't have that luxury next year. Well, 100% the Saints absolutely are going to go get another quarterback. Now, whether that's going to be somebody in the ranks of uh, Russell Wilson, I don't know. But I guarantee you they're bringing another quarterback in the event that they decide to do the same Drew and Taysom combo, but just with Jameis. That way, in the event that one of them does go down, then you still have that third. Yeah, They will for sure. Um, Whether they're going to draft one, you know, I've I've heard a lot about – you know, possibly Mac Jones, you know, dropping a little bit in the, in the first round. Maybe the Saints being able to pick him up. Um, I don't know. That's usually typically not the Saints' style to draft a quarterback. They're usually picking up one off of somebody else's practice squad that they see potential in, can develop them like like they did with Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. So I, I see that happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely they'll have an, another guy in there. And, look, if, if you've got the legacy of Drew Brees and you've got Taysom Hill who – mentored under him for quite a few years and and Jameis Winston who was a pretty damn good quarterback in his own right and you got a new guy coming in there to learn from all these guys and learn from that history you know I I, I think we've got a, a good future this you know the Saints had established themselves in the first 30 years as a crap team yep. never going to do anything it turned around when Drew Brees and, and Sean Payton came on and um, I, I think we're going to be a good team for the next 30 years but uh, we may have some rebuilding years, especially with this year, having to get under the salary cap, us yeah. being so far over, and all these creative things they're doing to get on the salary cap. I'm curious to see who our final roster is going to be made of. Yeah. I mean, you know, speaking of the quarterback stuff, too, like I would love to see Russell Wilson get in here, but the price that we'd have to pay for him is just astronomical. Yeah. It's I think it was like at minimum two first-rounders and then having to ship off a couple of big studs. And – Part of me was like, go ahead and do it. Like, get Russell Wilson, and that dude's a champion. He he brought Seattle to the to the big stage. They won. We can do that here too because he is a great quarterback. But the other sense is like, oh man, we give, it, give away the so entire much, farm to get him. It's so much commitment. So uh, I'm gonna leave that up to them because they obviously the pros. I don't know shit about it, but um, you know, it's, it's an interesting Deshaun situation. Watson in play, a little bit younger, talented know. quarterback, but not yeah. proven. Um, but you know, both Russell and Deshaun Watson, they got a lot of eyes on them. It'd be a lot of competition. You'd have to pay a lot yeah, of money, give up definitely. a lot. And I, it'd be great to have another great quarterback, but man, what are we, what supporting cast are we going to have if we go and do that? Right. So they wound up giving Taysom a very interesting contract. Um, four years, $140 million. Uh, but the thing is, it's they kind of structured it in a way to free up cap space, like $7.5 million in cap space. But 
in the thing it said that all years are voidable, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I don't know. My first thought was, man, what the hell kind of is this? How, why would you sign that? But, I mean, obviously it made sense to them and him and his agent because they signed it. But uh, they, they wound up breaking it down. He had like over $9 million signing bonus, which, you know, that's a big chunk. Uh, 1.4 million guaranteed roster bonus, a million guaranteed base salary plus incentives. So he's basically getting like a one year, 12 plus million dollar contract that can be voided. So it's like, well, okay. I mean, obviously it has something to do with them getting under the cap because they were in so much cap trouble. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it probably, it, it, it had to have made sense to all of them in order for them to sign it. But so how they, can it be voided? Is it performance based? I don't know. I don't know. Because, I, I mean, you don't want to give up all that money to a guy if Jameis Winston's going to beat him out in the offseason and be your starting quarterback. Yeah, maybe it gives him a little leeway to towards the salary cap next year. They're like, well, okay, it didn't really work out this way, so we're kind of giving ourselves an out on this contract or a chance to restructure. Uh, you know, maybe that's kind of some of the talks, not just – because voidable just sounds so finite, right. so negative. But maybe it was just kind of to protect both sides. So I don't know, like like I said, what the hell do I know? Yeah. But and then Jameis just signed a contract yesterday, actually, right. a, a little one year deal worth up to twelve million dollars. So I mean that's still pretty good. But usually when they say worth up to, up you know, they, yeah, it depends on playing time, yep. passing, like his you know performance stuff. So that kind of stuff is good because you're not just saying, hey, we're going to give you $12 million. Like, you got to go work for it. Well, they did it with Emmanuel Sanders last year, and it paid off. As Well, you know, Michael Thomas got hurt, so we needed uh, we needed somebody to step up, and I think it was he needed 75 completions, 85. I don't remember what the exact number was, but you remember when they threw it to him late in the season and he caught it, man. You know, he was out there performing. He was wanting to get that, that bonus. So I think that's always good. Yeah. So I guess we're going to see. I mean, we got the, you know, the draft coming up preseason, you know, hopefully things will start to kind of take shape. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of excited about it, but then I'm a little nervous. But, you know, I'm, I'm still a Saints fan through and through. So yeah. hopefully we'll be smiling more than we'll be upset this year. You know, it, the draft for me is always – I'm always mad after the draft because I feel like the Saints, what the hell are you doing? Who you passed on the – who is Cesar Ruiz? What? Uh-huh. Um, but he was a starter, played all season. He was, he was a stud for us right there. And what was he, right guard? Yeah, something like that. And, and uh, but it was drafted. As, he was a center in college, but came in, played, played well. Um, but their draft picks always confuse me. But that's why they get paid, and I work at Dow. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not even an analyst. We're just uh, armchair quarterbacks. Well, right. not even armchair quarterbacks. We're just um, you know armchair Saints fans. I don't even fans. have arms on this chair. Yeah, I know, right? Me, I don't either. <laughs> but um, man, just kind of circling back, you know, really just wanted to kind of do this podcast just to talk about Drew and, and let everybody know how much everybody cares about him. I know he's, he's probably never going to hear this podcast, but, uh, you know, just well, what, a, what a great person. We tried to get him on, but E-Rock's people couldn't get in touch with Drew's people. It just couldn't happen. Oh, yeah. For Tuesday yet. at Yeah, I know, right? I know. How how absolutely Captain Insano would it be if he was be like, oh, yeah, just E-Rock? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I heard you guys. Yeah, heard you guys I've seen before. him on TikTok before. I'll yeah. go to his podcast. Or Come on live? down, Drew. Luling? Okay. Yeah, no, huh? Craziness. But, you know, super fortunate to be uh, a Saints fan in this era, the Drew Brees era, because I know it's going to go down in history. I know he's got a spot in Canton uh, eventually. So I think 2026 is his first eligible year. Oh, is that, is that what it is? 
Yeah, he he's definitely getting in the Hall of Fame. There's no, no doubt. doubt, no doubt. So, so Drew, if you're listening, buddy, uh, thanks for everything. We appreciate you for not only what you've done for the team, but what you've done for the city and what you've done for the people. It's just been absolutely amazing, and we couldn't thank you enough. He's become a Cuyon. Oh yeah, and honorary. He's always be a Cuyon. Honorary South Louisiana Cajun Cuyon, boss. That's all you, Drew. So uh, until next time, uh, say hi to your mom and him for me. <laughs>